Welcome to Kilgallen's Pub, the podcast where I, comedian Joe Kilgallen, like to sit back, have some drinks with people, and recreate that bar conversation we all know and love. You can follow the podcast on Instagram, that's at Kilgallen's Pub, as well as on Twitter. Follow me on all the platforms, simply at Joe Kilgallen. Big thanks to everyone on YouTube for uh, watching the videos and subscribing. Had a little bit of a bump recently, James, not sure yeah, if you saw baby. that. It was kind of steady for a while, where I'm like, oh, I'm not really, I'd lose a couple, gain a couple, lose a couple, but then it went up some. What happened? I posted like three clips in one day. Fuck yeah. One stand-up and two podcast clips, and they're really good. I posted the one from Dale, everyone. Uh, yeah. Dale McPeak, <laughs> yeah. listen to that episode. That episode was a big hit. Uh, he's an animal, so go back and check that one out. It was where he was talking about you know, how his balls were swollen. <laughs> That's one of my favorite stories. You, you'd like the story. Anyway, I'm about to introduce our guest, uh, but I always want to start off with thank yous. I hope everyone's having a great holiday season. My guest today is a very funny comedian who I've done several shows with in Chicago throughout your time here, um, and you're going back. Oh my god! I already <laughs> fucked that up. <laughs> no, I already you're fucked that up. To say it's fine. We did workshops together. We did so workshops like, in which different. we were teaching inner city kids. Yeah, exactly. We volunteered together because we're, we're very good people. We volunteered together. <laughs> Son of a bitch! All right, well, no. here you know what we could do. No, you're fine. When you send me the MP3, I'll cut that part, of course. But let me just back up a yeah, little bit. And my guest today, I'm very excited about. Met just by chance in the great city of Chicago. <laughs> Shut the fuck up no, with no, the laughter. It sounds like we slept together. That's a terrible <laughs> <laughs> We met by chance. Sorry, honey. No. This is how I'm God, telling you. Um, wow. Podcast show. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, a wonderful actress who would uh, come to comedy shows. Mm-hmm. And we'll get to why. And you, you, we'll, we'll talk yeah. about it. We're going to get your whole story. I'm very excited to have Hattie Preston on the show. Thanks so much for having me. It's and Hattie delightful. is short for Hatricia? Hatricia. Yeah, yeah. Is that Famously, what that's for? Yeah. Is Hattie short for anything? It's Harriet. Oh, Harriet. Yeah. Of course. It, it is. But it's so strange. I No one can handle Hattie over here. Like, I, they're like Patty. I'm like, no, no. Hattie, like Kathy. You're like, I just, it's so, yeah, it's just a name that it doesn't <laughs> absolutely, no one can handle. I, I know I mentioned you being an actress, but it is funny to me how well people from England could do an American accent but and we you grow showed up it with just it. a bit but we grow up with it like if you think about how children grow up like also most children grow up singing in an American accent in England because of Disney and That's because right. of like the Nickelodeon shows like it's so fed from, from so early it's just there are great English rock bands where even as I'm hearing them, I'm thinking that doesn't yeah, they sound sing in an American accent. That's yeah. why I think I always liked Oasis because Liam Gallagher mm. was the few one of the few people who sang in his actual British accent. Yeah. You could hear that. Oh, this guy's definitely not from America. Yeah. The way he would sing "Champagne Supernova." Yeah, yeah. You know, like, like no one says that over here. Um, anyway, so yeah, I'm really I'm excited. Thank you for being on the no, podcast. Pleasure. So I had a strong recommendation. To have you on. I know. I'm terrified about this because I just think I was really good at lunch yesterday. Yeah, I was really, I was really jazzy and fun at lunch yesterday, and I'm terrified. (laughs) So good, he acted like your agent. Where it's like, I got a Brian Moore and a friend who's been on the podcast a few times. Mm. uh, General manager at Zany's Comedy Club. Is that the term, general manager? Is he just manager? I think he's general manager. Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna go ahead and say. We're gonna say he's the GM. We're gonna promote. He does not already, Brian. He does deserve it. Um. So yeah, he was like, you got to get Hattie on. She has one of the craziest stories. It's really like cool. And then I would, I, I'm on your IMDb, which oh, is pretty right. impressive. Well, it's, no, it's very. You short. played a princess. Oh yeah. On a television series called The Royals. Bloody <laughs> did, yeah, yeah. You were Princess Maribel. Yeah, I was. That's yeah. really cool. No, it absolutely isn't. Actually, it's funny you should say that. <laughs> no, um, so funny you should say that um, because it's actually, and this isn't me being like cute and humble. Like the, one of the worst, if not the worst, TV shows of all time, and and like that was like a review. <laughs> like it is, it was so horrendous 
so you and so it's it's weird when people are like, oh, you're, are you on the crown? And you're like, oh no, <laughs> I'm, I'm absolutely not on the crown. I'm on the shit version where Elizabeth Hurley was the Queen of England. Uh, so, I yeah. saw Elizabeth Hurley at a department store in downtown Chicago she's on summoned. purpose. She's she was summoned. making an appearance, and I'd worked like two blocks away yeah. in the summer. So me and my cousin were like, let's try it. To see if we could get over there because yeah. I was a big fan of you know, Austin Powers. Oh, yeah. She's a beautiful sure. woman. She's a, an astonishingly beautiful woman. Like, is she nice to work with? Do you know what? Can she, you say that? I actually or do we fuck have to her. I, that? I, I know. No. I sh- like, sh- I, she was nice to work with. She was so fine on set. We all got on. She was. We had a really great time making the Royals, but probably because we didn't know what it, <laughs> what, what it was. <laughs> so we were like all of the same age Elizabeth Hurley was playing the queen she's a good she's a good girl she was good value she's obviously a very not great deal in common I wouldn't say with the rest of the cast what happened after the royals uh, which is why a lot of us left was the all caught up in the me too stuff um, she covered herself in in the opposite of glory. She was horrific in all of that. Like, very much came out and called the girls liars, called the main girl a liar, called it. It was horrendous. Wow. So, so she, I mean, I understand why because this is a woman who didn't uh, get to where she is based on talent. So I imagine that, you know, it's hard for her to sit back and watch girls turn around and be like, yeah, we're not going to stand for this. This is gross. Sorry, it's not for us. But thanks ever so much. Um, now that I think about it, it is very. I mean? Yeah, I totally know what you mean. Yeah. It's very plausible that the woman who was the star of Austin Powers, the spy who shagged me. <laughs> who shot bullets out of her titties. <laughs> yes, would be like, uh, fuck this Me Too shit. You know what I mean? Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> that, is, that is a good point. Um, so was there accusations on the set? Yeah, it was pretty bad. He, uh, he's the, Mark Schwann's the man who, uh, who show ran for One Tree Hill. Um, so in, my younger sister's favorite television so show. So was mine. I it was I loved One Tree Hill, and it was Lucas Scott and blah, 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 Nathan yeah. Scott. Are you kidding? I nearly broke up with my boyfriend at the time for Nathan Scott. Like I was like, not obviously I did not know him, um, but I was like, you were in the point where you're like, Nathan would never do this. I just know <laughs> Nathan. You know those conversations that we're having with yourself. Like I deserve better. Than Have this. you ever watched One Tree Hill? <laughs> not no. to ruin the momentum oh of your story God. here, no. but the, I I got into it for like one season, yeah. but then I had to stop watching. There was an episode that had one of the worst scenes. I'd ever seen in a television show, both grossed me out and the ramifications of it. The one, the father who was like a piece of shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dan. Yeah. yeah, Dan. He he looked like an '80s villain, but now he's a dad. Yeah. And he needed a heart transplant. Do you remember this episode? I, think I do. Yeah. They had the heart, you know, in their little mini oh cooler. My God. Yeah. <laughs> the guy carrying it trips. It falls out in the waiting room, mm-hmm. in which there's a dog in the waiting room for some reason. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, the dog mm-hmm. eats the heart yeah, yeah, that yeah. was going to be used to save this man's life. That is actually famously how they transfer hearts as well, I think, in just a cooler. They do. I mean, well, it must be, because every movie and te- television series I've ever seen that shows like, a transfer. you pack it in like, aluminum foil or something? Like, you pack it in something. It sh- I feel like it should be in one of those briefcases <laughs> that like the agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. come in to take something important in, yeah. you know? But Something no, like that, but it's it's like in a freaking Coleman cooler. Yeah. That's yeah, what it is. Like a, small, I get a, like a Yeti. Yeah, yeah twelve ninety nine at Target. I could get one of those. I love that. So you're on set of the. So he was the, the director of Royals. This yeah, is the director. Yeah, the show. Yeah, so so showrunner, yeah, director, head writer, creator, the whole thing. Oh, he, the man, um, the guy. Uh, after I mean, obviously, we knew what was going on. Um, and when in November, no, I mean, my year right, November, I think, twenty fifteen, uh, he, the, the One Tree Hill girls turned around, and the and the one of the writers, she she made reference on Twitter to like what they'd all been put through on One Tree Hill. So Me Too stuff was coming through, and 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 that was, and she did that. She got, I think, she and about uh, eighteen of the female writer writing crew and actors uh signed this thing being like yeah we we experienced so this. sophie so bush hands- and then Sophia bush did her hillary burton was a big one um 
and 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 so that all came out and we had a very small because the royals was out and it was going to series two and it was all and i'd bailed by this point i'd bailed after series one and my friend sophie bailed off series one my friend Merritt, who was the lead one of the well one of the second leads in it had not bailed so much as and if you see photos of Merritt patterson she's probably one of the most beautiful human beings alive and um, because she didn't entertain mark at all and she was very cutting with him she's a very experienced actress she knows what she can and can't do she knows what what's she's her name again Merritt patterson i know that name from she's something. like astonishingly beautiful she does a load of stuff she did oh, james you mind uh, finding a pic <clears throat> for us what's the name again Merritt with two r's and two t's uh patterson we uh, know a Merritt. we yeah, do yeah you do Merritt um, and um <laughs> she she actually left because he made up a, 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 a comment about her weight and how she wasn't going to be right for series two. It was astonishing what what this fellow was doing. What was your exact reason, if you don't mind? No, I don't it's fine. I we knew we I was at the other end. So myself and Lydia, my very best friend on that, um, we he had absolutely no sexual interest in us, which is you know obviously lovely. And uh, and <laughs> and, and why? Uh, but no. And he um, so we would have no use to the production whatsoever. Like we was very much made to feel like that. Our pay reflected that. Our storylines reflected that. Our whatever. Now, our very good friends who were were getting the messages, like constant messages about like when he was off and he was thinking about them, he was in the bath and he was thinking about them. And one of them, he tried to take underwear shopping for her um, for her next scene that was in the bedroom. She was like, yeah, no, it's cool. I should have quite like the costume mistress to take me underwear shopping if that's all right with you. Um, one of the girls, he rearranged her thong on set. Uh, oh my god! He turned around to her halfway through, and this is in front of like crew, cast, everyone. And he was like, "Hey, Al, uh, we're behind you on this one, so make sure you bend over real good." And the things that the things I always try and explain. The American the, accent there was very like. Was it so good? Was it was good, like, but so slightly <laughs> stereotypical of the type of dude who'd be yeah. like, no, "Let's I, see them titties," you know, I, like that type of guy. What I bring with an American accent is also comment on the person. Like I really, yeah, <laughs> I like well, to no, bring you put that. a visual to like it, like a review on the person. Yeah. Can you do me? Do you do no, an impression I can't, of me? No, I may be at the end of the podcast. The so the podcast yeah, when I have it, when I decide what I think of you. Yeah. Oh, by the way, we have pictures of her on the. And she's the most astonishingly beautiful person you've ever seen in your life. Very, very beautiful, gorgeous. Um, and so we, the thing I always try and explain to people when they do the whole, like, women are just being sensitive. I was like, well, listen, the thing about this, what you got to understand when anyone gets a part in a show like that, we had been through however many rounds, usually about eight rounds. A lot of the girls had been there for longer. A lot of us had done the pilot. We then waited eight months to find out if that went to series. You're not working in that time, so you're taking a hit financially and whatever. Um you are, you then do all your character prep for every single audition. You do your character prep to turn up for the read through. You're constantly like trying to, you know, like own own your place there and 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 reflect that you've earned the right to be there. Like it's so competitive these stuff. And the Royals was such a huge thing when it came out, just because like the money, the fact that it was an American TV show that was coming to London. Like it's a big thing for people. It ticks a lot of boxes. And it's the equivalent of like graduating from Harvard and on the day of your graduation, you get up there and you've got a, what's the, what's the big one? Perhaps not, we call it first. What's your like best degree in Harvard? Like a, uh, like like a PhD. 4.0, yeah. like a 4.0. Oh, oh, like, yeah. like, oh, magnum cum laude. Yeah, something like this. Yeah. And then and going up there and receiving that award and getting the handshake and then the dean leaning in and being like, you got this because I wanted to fuck you. Like that's what it is. It's after all of that, you get to set and you realize that you're there because the showrunner wants to see you naked. And that's the hit most actresses take. Like any good girl can def- can you know fend off literal physical or, or attention, but it's the being made to feel like you're there for different reasons than the boys. And I think that was the hit that so many girls took. What we didn't realize was going on at the time was that right women on the writing team who who shut Mark down were getting fired. So we didn't realize that that was happening. Oh, wow. And that, yeah. that did happen. So by the time we wrote our statement uh, to support the One Tree Hill girls, we had, I think, 37 signatures from a cross-cast crew and the writing team from women who came forward and were like, yep, I had that, yep, I had that, yep, I had that. 
And the statement was very was on the behalf of the people who knew it was going on, the people who who were, were being told like and getting calls from people in higher positions saying, You've got to shut up about it, you've got to shut up about it, we're dealing with it, we're dealing with it. And the way they dealt with it, which we, I still find remarkable. We all a load of girls got the call being like, You need to shut up or we're gonna sue you for libel. Um but what we what we're gonna deal with at Aaron. And what they did is they got all the heads of departments together. So that is head of sound, lighting, um, you know, cinematography, uh, costume, makeup. Now, half of these heads of department are women and Mark got there. And they did a sexual harassment workshop for all those people just to be like, this is what you're allowed to do. This is what you cannot do. Do not text the actresses outside of Aaron. And you're like, hey, cool. Could you like sit the fucker down and just be like, hey, stop being such a fucking creep. Like it would yeah. be really cool if you could stop being such a fucking creep and actually like be professional like these actors and actors and actresses are trying to be. I would absolutely resent it if someone <clears> was like, shut the fuck up or this is how we're dealing with it by saying shut the fuck up we're going to sue you for libel otherwise yeah. wow and and also we're going to do a workshop with with a, and also the women in the workshop the was there being like why are we yeah <laughs> when we're the ones like, like dealing with our the, the girls in the costume department also dealing with all of that stuff and he like it's so deep how far it goes in hollywood i think that stuff and that's what people don't realize like it's so deep but but yeah, I mean, it it's is. One beca- of those it's things. become eye-opening to a yeah. lot of go- guys, um, like myself. I mean, you'd always heard stuff like there's always yeah. been like that stereotype of like the creepy Hollywood producer mm-hmm. and, and things like that. So that's always existed. Yeah. But almost like a character where you're just like, oh yeah, that's like you know like the sleazy yeah. type of agent guy. Mm. But you didn't realize how much it's a serious, serious yeah. problem. And the damage it's doing to women, like you said, I think that was a, a perfect way to illustrate it. The, the whole Harvard ceremony mm. and. And yeah, it's really sickening. And it really does show a thing where, you know, I'm not, James knows me very well. I'm not like a gender basher because I think a lot of the guys, oh, no, a lot of the guys that are like, men are terrible. I'm like, you're, you're the, the fucking you're worst. You're the probably yeah. worst one. You know, <laughs> yeah, you know, some, off air, oh, we oh my talked God. about something my similar. Wor- the guys have been worse to me that are the like super feminists. And you're like, exactly. shut up. <laughs> well, this guy is an example of that. Yeah. And, and again, I don't want to generalize because there are a lot of artsy guys who are great dudes. Yeah. But I've noticed this trend because a lot of the people, especially behind the scenes, directors, producers, people who wanted to work in the mm. arts, writers, they kind of, probably played up the whole thing where it's like, hey, I'm not one of those jocks. Mm. I'm not one of those guys. Oh, he I'm a guy. Yeah, no, but he a And guy. he did. Like, Mark would send the girls, like, a song that made him think of them and, like, a present. And, I, like, he's like, I'm standing in the rain and I'm just thinking of you and holding you. Like, he obviously grew up a nerd. I mean, if you see One Tree Hill, it makes complete sense. Like, he grew up this nerd with, obviously, all these feelings and all these romantic things. He is a horrible-looking man, so I can't imagine it got him so far uh, in high school. But yeah. he's finding the position of power where people care, where he owns the status, where he knows that we're beholden to him and it a, a, a good man would acknowledge that that's not his to abuse but a lesser man like a lot of the, the boys are, these boys are like don't and it's a lovely minute for them that's such a lovely moment for them to know that all these like beautiful girls are coming in and are so grateful to him it's a really lovely it's, thing it's a weird power thing yeah. um and so that's yeah. you know that's why it's you're, you're the hand at it yeah i can't comprehend some stuff like that i yeah. don't know i i feel like you know, this isn't like me patting myself on the back, but I was thinking about this the other day that I remember seeing the movie Mississippi Burning. You ever see oh, that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really powerful movie. If anyone listening hasn't seen it, mm. definitely watch it. It's Gene Hackman. I think it takes place, it was it came out in the 80s, but it takes place in like the late 60s in the South or mid 60s, yes. early, early 60s, whatever. But right around like the time where they're trying to segregate or desegregate the South, integrate. That's the word. Come yeah, on, yeah. Joe. Yeah. And I remember watching that just thinking, man, 
how can anyone hate why would you be, hate someone just because their color of skin is different mm -hmm. and that was enough for me never to be a racist person yeah just to see that and then i think about all the women and so many it it literally that whole the hashtag was originally yes all women Mm -hmm. Then it was switched to me too. I don't know why there was a switch. Maybe one tested better than the other. Who knows with yeah, social but, media stuff. But I remember the yes on women meant to be like, yes, it's not just a small percentage of us. It's not just, mm -hmm. you know, you think about the SVU episodes. Every single one of us has dealt with a guy being creepy and handsy yeah. and all this kind of stuff and, and forceful. And again, I see that and I think to myself, how do these dudes do that? Because I've seen these movies where it's like, don't fucking touch women like that. Yeah. And that was enough. My dad didn't have to pull me aside and yeah. give me like, Look, you're yeah. a guy, and yeah, you're gonna you get horny one day. That she's cool yeah, that. you gotta <laughs> really, you know, yeah. you're gonna be all horned up when you're 17. Yeah. And just don't be an asshole, you know. Yeah. Don't touch. He didn't have to do that. I didn't have to go through classes. I didn't have to because yeah. these guys do this shit, and then they later come out being like, "Well, I'm a sex addict, or I'm a this, or I'm a that." And oh, hon, we all love sex, but yeah, <laughs> some, some of us are just fine to leave it outside the workplace. There needs to be a sex addict to come out and say, a man or a woman. To be like, I'm a sex addict, but I'm completely faithful. I've never forced myself <laughs> on anyone. Yeah. You know, I almost it's wanted to possible. be like, I'm a sex addict, but I'm happily married. Um, I'm just, I just bang my wife constantly. Yeah, um, yeah. She's, she's just, cool with it, yeah, but yeah. she doesn't get anything done. It's she's relate to dang. everything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a real problem around the house. You know, she'll just laundry never gets folded and stuff like that because so much of sex addiction, it's always after the person gets caught being yeah, a piece what of, of course. shit. Like. Yeah, you can't, like I, I know like I'm not I can I go through stages where I'm like not a great drunk. <laughs> Welcome to England. Like you yeah. go through stages where like you're like oof, like she's crossing some lines. <laughs> like I remember like a six month stage where I like woke up one morning I was like, oh I think we're done. Like I think we're done for good. <laughs> but like you take that and you're like yeah you're being a bad girl. Like don't maybe just give it a chill for a minute. But I'm not gonna turn around and be like. I have an alcohol problem. No, baby, I've got a personality problem <laughs> that's yeah. coming out in the alcohol. So just give yourself a breather, have a chat with yourself, read a book, and we'll readdress this in a few months. Yeah. But it's <laughs> it's it's yeah. it's good. Just read a book. <laughs> read a book, go for a walk. It's like mom always says, just read us, have a nice time by yourself. Just find a nice corner. <laughs> I, I like the idea of going for a walk. There was I saw something yeah. once where they're like talking about hangover cures and the one guy's like Brisk walk around the countryside. <laughs> like, okay, that'll be the hangover. Just, on, you know. on a hangover, when you're already miserable and hate yourself, don't take yourself off into the woods. No, yeah, I don't like that idea at <laughs> all. Be done. Do you have a hangover cure? Uh, Coca Cola, full fat Coca Cola. Really? It really does it every single time. I do. I yeah. actually prefer Coke now that I think about because there's the right amount of caffeine and carbonation. Mm. I feel like it's pretty good. But also I feel like there's so much bad stuff in it. They just nuke like all the shame and horror and torment inside me. I don't like, like you, know, you know that thing when you wake up and you're like, oh, I'm the worst person alive. And it just sort of nukes everything in there. Then you're like, perfect. I'm, it's like a colostomy. You know what we need everywhere in America? A yeah. steam room. Uh, I was at yeah, a wedding baby. over the uh, last weekend. Megan Gailey, CJ Teldano, yeah. congratulations to them. And uh, Tommy McNamara, friend of ours, uh, great comedian, me and him took a steam together like every day. And it was Stop awesome. It. So On was a hangover? Awesome. Yeah, because, yeah, it, it sweats it all out, though. Oh, I don't know. It releases I, the, it was great. I just feel like I'd, I'd like, spiral hot. Like, when you're already, like, sweaty and it's all a bit of a lot, <laughs> and then you go into a room where there's just steam and more sweat, I just think I'd be like... I mean, I, I imagine you're stunning afterwards because you're the most dehydrated person I, alive. Yeah, <laughs> well, I give one glass of water and you gain back all the weight yeah. you just lost, I feel like. But it was nice. I don't know. Uh, there was something about I felt better. I felt yeah. refreshed. And I'm like, man, I need one of those. Yeah, that's but a I, good I can't afford one. But can I just it. get a room real hot? Is yeah. that the same thing? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> crank, crank up, it up. Yeah. Smoke a bunch of weed in your car. Oh, uh, yeah, thing. I guess that's one way to do it. But yeah, it's definitely. Um, also, I wanted the steam. The first day we went in the steam, I, I hadn't been drinking. I just We had just got there. You know, we mm -hmm. checked into the the hotel which is like a little resort basically 
and uh, I, everyone, all my LA friends I haven't seen in a while look amazing. Oh, They've all I lost them. all this weight, I hate them. and I've gained weight lately, and I'm determined to try to lose about. I'm like nobody would call me fat, no. but if I had a shirt off, they'd be like, hmm, I was expecting a little yeah. bit better. Well, yes. <laughs> And I don't want to become that dad bod guy. Not to get off uh, hor- no. th- these dad bod guys are the ones that got to keep it to themselves. These horrible Harvey Weinstein fuckers, yeah, you know. Do. But I like I went I went on holiday this summer where I all around Greece with, with Merritt, the the and she lives out in L.A. and it is the most soul destroying three weeks of my life because it's just like this fucking Victoria's Secret model just takes her clothes off every time and I'm like, could you not? Like, this is so unreasonable. Like, you had to give a bitch a heads up and if you were going to do this. Like, I obviously wasn't going to be allowed to eat for a month before this holiday. Like, I didn't realise because she, she's not always been out in LA. She's a Canadian so she was. she's just, it's just, I don't know what they do. I do know what they do there which is sweet FA and smoothie. But yeah. like, unbelievable it's outrageous what they're allowed to do out there it's yeah, it's, it's so unfair on us the people who are their friends you know it <laughs> is because they made dip me feel in and out bad. of my life yeah exactly <laughs> with this bod <laughs> some of them are funny they're all like dude after you left we just didn't have an appetite to eat anymore we were very down and sad yeah, yeah and, keep with that keep with that yeah I'm like, all right that, that makes me feel a little bit better right now but yeah, and you're probably you're as pasty as I am. Yeah, hundred percent. Oh yeah. yeah, the sun bleaches get, my skin. Like yeah. I'm pretty sure this whole like, oh, you'll get a base. Like no. No, I know people tell me that <laughs> Who all the time. Is this base? They go, you gotta just let yourself get sunburned. Yeah, like, I'm like, no. you don't think that's happened to me before, like, idiots? Yeah, like sometimes some of the freckles join up, and I'm like, oh, is that a tan? And it isn't. I had freckles on my face <laughs> yeah. up until like third, fourth grade, and then they just kind of like blended in. Yeah. So I got lucky there because some people are like, oh, the freckles will go away. Mm, some like, people mm. they don't go away. You meet adults who still have like full on freckles yeah. and everything like that. Dream. I had uh, yeah it is a dream right I got sunburned so bad once when I was a mm-hmm. kid I basically had like blisters yeah. they were like bubbled up gross mm-hmm. blisters I'm, I'm surprised I don't have some maybe I should get checked who knows <laughs> probably some kind that. of skin cancer of some kind brutal anyway yeah so we had I wanted to change the subject slightly because it's getting heavy with um, yeah. these oh, scumbags yeah. out there but it is interesting to me that so much of like what's portrayed as guys who are considered alpha yeah. are like the worst but most of these stories i'm are like you know like you think harvey weinstein was an alpha male growing up it's so a lot of these dudes who didn't know how to talk to women in high school yeah. had whatever horrible relations with their mothers probably yeah. and then they get power and they use that power to destroy women yeah essentially and i know i think it's more it's got to be psychological yeah i don't even think they want to destroy women i think it's collateral i think it's like i don't think they hate women i i, I like to think they don't hate women it's just not a consideration like you know every time you like maybe you don't but like when you're like with a guy who's like on the I young don't know like, when like you know you know you know joe when you're with it but like i'm i mean my dad grew up playing my dad was a rugby player so i unfortunately like am that person who like I go for incredibly narcissistic, very pretty, sporty boys. Like, and it's a fucking disaster. But also, is it rough being in this room right now? Yeah, with the yeah two this is really tough. This is really like you're asking a lot. <laughs> look, <laughs> like, look at the pythons oh, on James. Look at those. Absolutely, just the biceps on that guy. Sigh of flooding the basement. No, I am. Um, <laughs> 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 but um, and like you, the thing I love about that brand of human is. It's so straightforward in a way because they don't hate me. Like I know that they just I'm not a consideration. I might they're like, oh dude, do I don't wanna be single? I wanna be single. And you're like, that's literally it. Like you're not going as to how to protect her feelings. Like we were just talking before the podcast, like how to protect her feelings, how to take a route that means that she feels talked to and respected and thought of. But it's not that. Like it's they just it's almost like completely confounding to them when you turn around you'll be like, Oh, you really hurt a girl and they're like, What? Yeah, you're right. I guess you know, they're not trying to destroy, I, yeah. like I said. It's just this like hunger for I think they don't consider something. this. Like, yeah, it's and a consideration thing. It is kind of like I definitely the way I hear because it's something psychological too, because I, I would think of it this way. If I were 
starting to hook up with a woman mm. and there was resistance, I would immediately be like, whoa, okay, yeah. let's let's talk about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not, all right, cool. My, my mistake. I would immediately, yeah. because I, I wouldn't be like, no, I'm going to keep wrestling you. Or, but is you that know, physically or is that emotionally? Because the thing I fucking adore about American men is like in England, boys are so terrified of rejection, like so blindingly terrified of rejection that if you even offer up the possibility that one day they might be rejected, there's like a, a man-shaped hole in the door where they once stood. Like they are out of there. They will pretend like they never met you ever, ever, ever. American guys, I've literally sat opposite someone have been like hey i i'm not interested sexually like i won't ever fuck you i never want to see you naked i don't actually really want to hold your hand um and and there's this and they like and they they just sit there and they're like already long game it is and like (laughs) there's this incredible like almost american dream in dating where they're like if i work hard enough i can get whatever i want and like it's it's kind of incredible that is amazing you you have like a never say die when it comes to dating which is like i'll get her she'll see i'll just pin her up against her and it'll be sexy and she'll realize i'm a good guy and you're like it's incredible i've I done the, the, the pin against the wall thing but luckily i'm betting <laughs> yeah. i was betting a thousand i've never done it where it was what the fuck are you yeah, doing yeah, I, I, yeah. Read, I read the room thank For god sure. but that is so amazing this is yeah. why i like talking to people who are you know from different yeah. cultures because you really learn something i think that so much of it is we grew up with comic books. Yeah. We grew up where like yeah. the hero gets the girl. Yeah. And you're you're right. I actually know someone, I'll say off air, you know him too, a comedian who now in a second marriage, mm-hmm. that might give some away to the <laughs> handful of Chicago yeah. comedians who listen to this, but he um their love story. I remember his wife would um come to shows and bake goodies. Now I'm giving it away to people. Yeah. It's, whatever. Most of my <laughs> yeah. listeners aren't in Chicago, so yeah. they know what I'm talking about. Where she was so sweet, and then they were like proud of the story. Where she was basically like, he asked me out. I said no about four million times. Mm-hmm. I was dating another guy even, and then you know, and he was like, well, she was the girl of my dreams, and I always went for it. And he was not a lit. This is the farthest from a ladies' yeah. man, this guy, and he would admit that. And then she was like, and then you know, I broke it off with that guy, and then I'm like, I'll, you know, we'll go out for lunch, which is always like the safe. Yeah. Moment, oh right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Daylight, cool. Middle, yeah, daylight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's like the smartest thing a woman could do. And then it. They date, remarried, got married, had a kid, and then got divorced later, yeah. which was sad. But he's remarried now and happy, so it worked out. But I remember thinking to myself, like, is at the this time. Ha- you're like, is this a happy story? I don't know. It <laughs> seems like. <laughs> it, do you know what I mean? But you could retell that story in a yeah. different way and be like, he sex-bested her until she yeah. broke down. <laughs> and I, but like, I kind of. She probably tells that story differently. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like now he's her ex. She'll, she'll rebrand that. But um, some, I've, I, I equated yeah. to this one, I have this one line in a joke. Where so much of what Americans do, maybe this is guys mm-hmm. with sex, but it's like you ever have someone say, "Hey, you gotta try this pie. It's good pie." And you're like, mm-hmm. "No, I'm not hungry. No, seriously, take yeah. a bite." You're yeah. like, no, I'm, no, take it. That's yeah. what it is. Like Until and eventually you cave and you say, "Fine, I'll it's take a bite." Easier. It's just easier. I'll, it's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just like shut the fuck up. She basically like it's easier to just marry you. We'll be together for as long mm-hmm. as possible, and then I'll work up the courage pop and divorce kid. you. Yeah, yeah, pop yeah. Kid. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. You're right. I never thought about that though. Where American men will be like, hmm, mm, I can challenge accepted. It, like, it is yeah, literally like that. Wow. And it's, but it, it and, and so, English boys don't do that. Oh, are you joking? They are. I like how you said American guys, but English boys. <laughs> no, and I make that very, very I can imagine like a little Harry <laughs> Potter know, looking dude are. in my head. It is unbelievable. They are like, to just going back to life, I've only just moved back to London and I like, I sort of forgot. I just sort of forgot about them. <laughs> and then I, and I renew, they do this cool thing. I mean, obviously I'm around comics all the time, so it's a whole different thing. But, um, but this guy, like, 
he did the starey thing where you're like, oh no. Like, there's, and you just see that the head and the staring, and you're like, okay. And he just came and sat down next to me. And we'd done a show together the night before, so it wasn't like I was a complete stranger. It would have been a very normal, completely obvious thing to come over and be like, hi, how are you? Good, you know, fun show last <clears> night. Yeah. Um, and just sat down on the table with me and just didn't say anything until I was like, Hi Tom, how are you? Are you yeah. And he was like, yeah, 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 and you're like, oh come on! <laughs> like, it is. Was in America, like when I first came out here. It is. I mean, it's hilarious, but they are so. Hi, how are you? So, are you here by yours? And you're like, I mean, it's a lot, but like, good for you. How quickly do American guys bring up your accent? Uh, it depends. It de- they're, they're pretty on it. Like, that's the yeah. But I think it's different. I think American girls with English boys, like. I've come over with English boys who look like they've been fucking dug up and girls are like, oh my God, he is, do you know cute Sam? You're like, cute Sam? Do you mean cute Sam with like a lazy eye and alopecia? Do you mean that? Cute Sam? And she's like, you know, cute Sam, you know, cute British Sam. And you're like, I, that guy, like his mom won't touch him. <laughs> like, like, and then we come over here and not. I feel like, yeah. Why would his mom touch him actually? Yeah. Because of England, right? Oh, you know, yeah. oh, you have oh, different yeah. rules. Oh, you have different right. rules. Cool, 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 I forgot cool, cool. about that. Um, Royal then, family. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> it's the worst but then with English I feel like American boys are like yeah they like your accent to a point but ultimately like <laughs> vagina's vagina yeah it's <laughs> true like, yeah but it gets you so far yeah um, but also I'm I think I have a nice little like you know what's the word like I thought you were going to say something else off the heels <laughs> of what you were just were you worried about I that have a no is that just my brain <laughs> it was all you I have a lovely little you're like vaginas are vaginas and um, I, have I have a, a nice lo- little I'm like where are you going with <laughs> no. this Heidi what I was going to say was I have like a lovely little like novelty factor like when I first start talking to someone but then I think because of like we talked about before like the British sense of humour American boys very like I I nearly got punched the other month by an American like because I just you just say things without really we're very sarcastic we're very dry we have like a brutality just in conversation and that's where I lose them that's where they're like it's a no <laughs> I, lo- I I don't know why I'm just such a big fan of that style I don't know if you again my, my dad was a big fan of all those yeah. like British comedy so maybe I got it from him but I love that. It's just such a like a little bit of arrogance. There's yeah. like a, a quick wit to it. Well, you guys, and it's all conversational. Mm-hmm. Like those Guy Ritchie movies. I love the dialogue yeah. in those. And you guys are allowed to say a certain word that we're not allowed yeah. to say. I'm, I say yeah. it though. I don't care. Yeah. I mean, me so too. Should. Yeah, I think it's coming back. I think it's coming back. Like, well, again, I would never say it towards a woman in yeah. anger. I just say it oh, like yeah. you know. Yeah. I mean, I'll say it in traffic. Like a nice movie, you fucking cunt. Yeah. yeah. Like, but sometimes people say it like in a like a loving yeah. way. Like Nolan at Galway Bay pub oh, yeah. would be like, <laughs> yeah, he'll word. text me like, come to the pub, you cunt. And I'll be like, yeah. <laughs> okay. Obviously, he <laughs> likes me. You. He wants me to come to the pub, you know? <laughs> I know. Not everything's hateful. Yeah. That word does cut <clears throat> through you, though, because it, it is does. a word where my friend uh, told me this great story last night. I'll quote him. He, I'm sure he won't care. Mm-hmm. Steve Brown was telling me a story about an actress. I won't name her, actually, mm-hmm. but she's also like, you know, Broadway and all this stuff. Sure. And then for the sake of a random name, let's say Bette Midler. Yeah. And she was saying, oh, that woman, she takes the fun out of being a cunt. Like that was like <laughs> how it's summed up. Like takes all the, no, it takes all the fun and joy out of the yeah. word cunt or something like that. Yeah. I'm like, man, that's, I love when women say I know. it. Cause it's like, a, like owning the word. It's the way we like it when black comedians say the N word. Yeah, yeah. Cause they do it. They do it in such a fun way. I'm almost jealous sometimes as a white comedian. Yeah. Not that I want to say it, but no. because we don't have a word equivalent. But I think girls do. I love, I love the C word. Like I have, I'm, I'm a, I'm an enormous, I'm, I'm a huge bitch. Like, and I, I own that. You, like, the way you said, I didn't mean to cut you off again. The way you yeah. said bitch a few 
uh, minutes ago uh. when you were like, give a bitch a head start yeah. when you're talking about your hot uh, actress friend or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So. But it, like, we do, and I do, and I, I love that. Like, I'm fucking difficult. I'm extremely, like, opinionated and, and, and just, just, I'm just fucking difficult. But, like, I can't, you love it. Like, there's a. But you own it. I own it. And I never go into something like, I've always said, like, the worst thing anyone could ever level at me is nice. I mean, can you imagine anything worse than someone being like, oh, she's nice? Like, it's like, Ugh. I got called normal once. Oh God! But it's like that. you're like you're like the most normal comedian. Like, a week later, Christ. I broke up with my fiance. <laughs> <laughs> I became an alcoholic. But you I do. left home. Like, no, I'm the idea that no one's even taking the time to like find a, a thing about you, you just get that like nice. You're almost not even worth an opinion. I nice just, just means no. you're there. I don't. Like, oh, oh, you're she, nice. She this was a nice audience. Yeah, it's like, like you don't want to be nice. Never. You want to be I, awesome, or you yeah, want to be difficult in a way. Difficult. I, I have a theory about um, stand up, and when you decide to pursue stand up one yeah. day, I'll uh, I'll help you out with that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. um, God, whatever. Yeah. Uh, people will figure this out one day. Why we're being <laughs> weird about the, this topic? I always say, like when I'm on stage, I'm either aiming to kill. But mm-hmm. there's sometimes circumstances in which that's just not going to happen yeah. for whatever reason. And at that point, I'm like, well, you know what? At the very least, I won't be boring. Yeah. So I'll I'll fucking stir it up. Yeah. I will I will try to make nothing out of or something out of nothing. Yeah. You know, go into the crowd. I'll do this. I'll be yeah. like, here's the thought that's not even a joke yet. That'll probably get a reaction. And then I'll try to make that funny while yeah. being, re- you know, Webb, you've seen it. You've seen me have yeah. those sets. And those are some of my favorite Joe moments. A lot so. of people love them because some people are like, dude, you kind of melted down up there. I'm like, it <laughs> appeared that way, but I was kind of in control. I was I in control. That. Every now and then I'm not in control, but for the most part, I am aware of what's going on. Yeah, and it's just oh no, I just love doing it. So yeah, yeah, but like I did a show. I mean, I, I watched I watched Marty DeRosa do it at CYSK. Was it was probably one of the greatest nights I've ever had in a comedy club where he fucking went like yeah. lost it at this girl in the crowd, and it is still probably one of my favorite nights I've ever had. Ever. He's great with that. Stuff, oh, Marty. And she was, and also like she was white and called Nicole. Like it's just like he he <laughs> it's lost my wife's name. His, it was my wife actually. Like, he <laughs> lost his mind. Like it was incredible. And um, but I had a show a little while ago back in London, and and my friends came to see it, which is always the worst shows you ever have. And uh, and my friend who never like seen me do stand up was like, yeah, so fun, just so, such a such a fun time. And you're like, kill me. I mean, just <laughs> kill me. Like a there, fun yeah. time. This was fun. I I done. I was like, I'm never doing comedy ever again. <laughs> it's, I just might feel like that. But I'm nice. So let's get in because I mentioned stand up. Yeah. Let's talk exactly. a little bit more about your acting career because sure. it's very interesting to me because you like huge success. Well, I mean, we you did like I. Mine's really weird because I, w- I had an agent when I was seven, so I was doing like acting stuff as a kid. Oh, so you're just born into it, and not born not into it. Not at all. But... My dad, my dad played rugby for England. Like my dad, we were a very sporty family. My mum is still, she's a swim coach. She still plays hockey. Like we're very, we were that. I just again just turned up and was like, nah, I'm gonna. This. What a disappointment! Two athletes I with a theatre kid. Well, like, I mean, I was. Um, <laughs> I would like to go back to saying I was still incredible at sport. Uh, <laughs> um, I played county lacrosse. Uh, and, oh, there you know, go. We were very, like, we were a sporty gang, but. I just loved it and so did all the things. I went to university, went to drama school afterwards, went to a good drama school in London and um, came out. And the weirdest thing, I my dream had only ever been to be on the West End stage. Like I'm absolutely a stage actress. TV is, is not my, my gig. Um, 
and I and I got that within two months of moving of uh, leaving drama school. I got that's Gen- incredible. Wow! But it was nuts. Jennifer Saunders, uh, they were they were doing the Spice Girls musical on West End stage. Were you sporty Spice with the family oh, background? I wish. No, no you're they it was, <laughs> it had to be ginger. <laughs> well, it wasn't about the Spice Girls. The woman who produced it produced well, Mamma Mia. I don't I like know. it already. I know. Fuck like, it. Was why, maybe that's why it didn't <laughs> work. Yeah. But Judy Kramer, who produced Mamma Mia and did all the Mamma Mias, she did Viva Forever. And so, and there was just, as like, you know, the stars occasionally line, there was this like perfect little par for me. It We just fit like a glove. It was a lovely thing. I was obviously, Jennifer Saunders was my boss, which was in itself a dream come true. And the Spice Girls were my bosses. <laughs> now, if you grew up as a 10-year-old in 1996, you are... I mean, it was like watching actual superheroes walk into the room. You're like, I, I was 12, 11, 12, and yeah. 96, and I remember every girl I knew, posters on the wall, girl power t-shirts. It, it was nuts. But it was, uh, it, I couldn't believe the first time we walked in, because there was still, I mean, I was, what was I, 24 when I got there? I still, there was a part of my brain that was like, I don't, they're not real people. They yeah. can't possibly be real people it, 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 because they were so massive to you. And that, but and anyway, they were there, and it was just amazing. And the show was panned like nothing has ever been panned before <laughs> or since on London's West End stage. Like Aww. it was, oh no! I mean, it was the best that I mean. But in these times, this is why I love Londoners. Like one of the reviews were, there is more girl power in a Taliban finishing school for females than there is in this musical. <laughs> All right. Well, what was the musical about if it wasn't really about the Spice Girls? Was it just about were they just in the background music? Yeah, yeah, it was like a jukebox. So it was like the the music of the Spice Girls set to a story about uh, an adopted daughter and her adoptive mother. She goes through a reality TV series with her friends to do a band, and then it all falls apart because fame isn't real. And and you know you realize what you're really about when fame is like oh this stuff. Okay. but yeah, various different things. It did not work in our favor. Uh, and it, I mean, panned, like canonically panned this thing. And that, and, but I loved it. Like, I, I still had that thing where, like, I loved my part so much. I loved being on stage every single night. I actually came out of it fairly clean, just in the way, like, my character was well received. Or, and I, it was just a jazzy little role. It was never going to go too badly wrong. Um, and so that happened. And there's that weird thing where you come out of a musical like that and you've been. Like especially in a community like London's West End, so our equivalent of Broadway, just in case anyone doesn't. And um, you're kind of you're in this theatre land, like you all kind of know each other. You start to get a bit of reputation. I then went four months being out of work, which when you've gone through school, then uni, then drama school, then a show, you're suddenly like, but I don't know what this is. I don't know what time and choice and not knowing what I'm doing every single day is. So you said this free time. Yeah, well, yeah, but also like you've got to be awake. Like, you've got to get a job. I mean, you don't get paid really. Yeah, it's true. So you're, so you're like, what? What? Like. What I thought I'd skip this. Like I was in the West End. Yeah. Surely, surely I skipped the struggling artist phase of this whole <laughs> this whole gig and uh, did not. And then the Royals came along for the pilot and did the pilot. And again, you're like, I got an American TV show. I guess that's it. Bye bye waitressing. <laughs> Throw your shoes away. And-, and, and just a note for the listeners: when you get a pilot, and it oh, works yeah. this way in, in yeah, yeah. L.A., uh, England, or you know, I'm sure Bollywood is the same. You get it, and then it's just like a hope. Maybe it gets Literally. picked up. It doesn't really even necessarily no. air. There are people, I have friends who have sold television scripts that they're mm-hmm. like, we're going to shoot this as a pilot. And then three days earlier, they go, no, we decided not to. Yeah. And it is really, there's so many shows that go to pilot that never see the light of day. And yeah, yeah it's a waiting game. And that's, it's, yeah. So yeah. if you're ever wondering why artists turn to drugs, it's it, just a lot of downtime and a lot of waiting and, and anxiety and, and it's just like, what's next? And in the meantime, you have that thing that no one else in any other profession has where people go, oh, what are you up to? What do you, what do, you do for a living? And you go, oh, well, I'm an actress. And they go, what are you in? 
and you, every single time anyone asks you that, you just want to curl up and die. So you have like already you have that going for you, which is like super fun. Luckily, I say I was in an episode of Chicago Med <laughs> where my character got stabbed. So pretty Boosh. big deal. Also, I'm in a Cubs commercial where I'm peeing. Yeah. So next question. Yeah. So I won. <laughs> and then we had like we seven months between pilot and going. Um, so that's a long time in itself. And I was nannying. Yeah. And I, had, I think I had three jobs at the time, nannying and, and two waitressing jobs. So you're just So tired. it's the same because every New York actress and LA actress yeah. I know nannied and, and Yeah, nannying like and waitress. You just, you just make money and For you sure. just wait. And my, do you know the lovely thing? Like I have obviously like mixed memories and, and feelings about the Royals. But my, my loveliest thing, like Lydia, who I had a chemistry test with because we played sisters on the Royals. We had one of those moments where like, I think guys have it when they meet their new, but you know when you meet a guy that you just like so much and you're like, this is, and like James Fisher has an amazing joke about it when you're like almost a little bit like in love with them and yeah like, and Lydia and I just had this final round together where we just were like oh god you're great you're just great I just I just love you a little bit and when we got the job that was so nice that we were we were back together and um but I I like for weeks I didn't hear it from the royals because the other thing is what you always forget with tv is the actors are the last to know anything yeah, the true. actors are always the last to know anything. So you get in place your director, you get in place your costume, you get in place the locations, you get in place the trail, everything. You get in place catering before you get in place the actors. And with a day to go before the read through, <clears throat> I remember like I hadn't heard for four weeks and I was like, I can't have got it. They would have known. It's a day before the read through. There's no way. I was at the restaurant and, and this woman walked in who was one of our regulars and she had her little daughter with her and she was like, darling, darling. She's like, have you even introduced yourself to Hattie? Have you even, have you even said hello to Hattie? You know, and she went, oh, sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm Maribel. And I went, what? She went, I'm Maribel. And that was the name of the character oh, that I'd been up for. Princess Maribel, and, um, yeah. and I was like, oh. And then I got the call being like, yeah, you, you got it. And it was. That's going to be an amazing feeling. So what, what do you do after? So, you, you know, I've never gotten a part on a pilot or, or a TV series because now yeah, it's a TV series. Yeah, it was. Yeah. You get the call. What do you do as soon as you hang up the phone? Right. So mine was a little bit different because that I lied to that one. Maribel was the day before I got the call. That night I went out with my friend Hannah. Um, who is one of those, you know, your she bad friends. Fun. No, but problem fun. She's the one who, like, I'm pretty sure does date rape me. Like, I'm absolutely convinced she roofies my drinks. Like, we are, she's chaos. I have never more drunk than That's I'm out with Hannah. Like, like yeah. she's yeah. despicable. And we went out and I got so drunk. It was actually, I think, constituted a suicide attempt. And I, I woke <laughs> up the next day and I was, like, butt naked, spread eagle in my bed. My poor boyfriend at the time was, like, curled up in a hole at the end of my bed. So I can only assume I called him being like, you've got to come over. <laughs> you know how only good girls do. Why didn't you put a blanket over you? <laughs> That's why he's your ex-boyfriend. You woke up cold. He's in the corner. Oh, that's so, so funny. I woke up, spread eagle, butt naked, and got this call. Like, some of this call's my agent. And he was like, Hat, you've got it. And I was like, what? He's like... Hat, you've got it. The read through tomorrow. You've got to get into costume. You've got to get into makeup. You've got to get to the studios now because they've got to run you through all. Then I was like, Chris, I don't think you quite understand <laughs> the the position I'm in. <laughs> I can't see anyone today. <laughs> and he was like, Get on the tube. <laughs> it was just the most insane day of like. So you, you didn't even get to process it. Like... I was no. It was a, it was a monster. I was an actual monster for the whole day. I always wonder if you get off the phone, you hang up the phone, and you're just like, I don't know, why I did this. Who hangs up a phone? Yeah, yeah. You hit a button, <laughs> and you're just like, you settle for a second. Like, holy shit, my mm. life's gonna change. No. And then you start to do a little dance. I think it was And sick. then you brag. Yeah, yeah. And then you're like, all right, let's, yeah, no. you were just like, I was just trying like, to keep sick it down. and tried to like, tried to put socks on. I, just, I think it failed out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just awful. Um, we, I want to backtrack yeah. real quick, though. Go for it. <laughs> this is my dumb brain here because I'm, I'm a very logistical person. Yeah. Do you think you called him saying, come over? Obviously, you yeah. were feeling, what's it, Randy is the word you guys yeah, use? Yeah. 
And you had passed out before he came over? I don't know. That's, That's what I'm what worried I'm about. about. I don't know. Like, I feel like he came over. I was probably sick because I'm a like, top vomit when I'm drunk. Um, I was probably sick and I was like, I don't want to have sex with you. Yeah. And he was like, oh, no, really? <laughs> Bummer. One of those things where you order a pizza and you fall asleep before it shows <laughs> yeah. up. And then your next day you're like, oh, damn it. There's missed calls from the pizza guy. I know. I think he probably just sat there and watched me like not choke ideally. Because I thought vomit. maybe you were like, get over here. Let's go. Mama's got to eat. Do this. You're waiting for him naked, and then he, you Just, pass out, and then he shows up going like, "All right, I'm." Oh, no, damn it. I think he probably, like, probably let him in, but the poor kid. I mean, he was useless, but like, <laughs> bless him. We all have those boyfriends who look back on you like, "How on earth did you survive that?" Him, I mean. Um, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he should. Oh, bless him. He should have waved the white flag way earlier. Uh, so, yeah, you had to deal with just getting yourself together. I really did. Um, and then we did the series. That was all fine. I mean, you know, and then it came out and that was mad. Like, it's insane what TV does to you. Like, you have this. We are so English. Like, the, the cast who did it, we're, they're still like five of my best mates in the whole world. We are so close. I live with one of them. And we're we were so English about the whole thing like the, the, we, we had all the execs coming with me like you know you're not going to be able to walk down the street you're going to be so famous you know this show's going to be so fucking huge you're not going to be able to even have the so it was like, all American executives just shot all in American London. execs yeah, yeah. yeah and you're sat there being like oh mate I don't know if you really that's not really an appeal like none of us were like oh yeah we want you just want to like <laughs> make rent and have a nice time and like you know go to yeah, the occasional yeah I feel like party. it's more about the art for English sure. people We'd all been drama school grads, so we, we were very much that type of actor anyway. And um, that's not to bag on people who aren't, but we just, you know, a lot of us were in theatre. I was doing theatre at the same time I was just shooting the Royals. Um, and then it comes out and they throw LA at you. Like, you're on red carpets. You're at the Grove having interviews with E. You're getting, like, free dresses from Alice and Olivia. Like, they throw oh, man, There's a deli LA at the Grove that I miss. Oh, so, God, love I love the Grove so Love the Grove, much. too. Phil's good corned beef in there. Oh, my God. But they heard it at you. And especially when you're from London, you're like, the whole, it's ev- you, you are, like, living in this nice apartment in LA. Like, it's everything. And then, li- I mean, it came out. It was obviously horrendous. And then... A month. How many seasons did it do? It did a few though, yeah, right? Well, I bailed after one. It did four. It did four. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I think um, it was on, what was on USA Network here? Oh, E, baby. E, it was on E, e that's right. Yeah, E's so. the Royals, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and uh, a month later, so a month after I left LA, I was back in a restaurant. So why did you leave? You chose to leave the show. I chose to leave the they show. They didn't write you out of it. Uh, you no, were just like, I'm the, out. The opposite. They wrote me in and they, I got sent episode one, series two. And it was my character wanking herself off on a statue while reading Lady Chatterley's Lover to like open the, the and, and wanking is masturbating. I know what it is. That's when my <laughs> eyes got bigger. It wasn't that I didn't understand you. Know what you. She's it was saying. that I, I knew exactly what you were saying, and that's why I was like, "Go I, on." I, um. <laughs> me wanking myself off on a statue while reading Lady Chatterley's Lover, and uh, and making a fat joke about Lydia. And it was, I mean, and it was like, you know, it was a period piece, right? So it was like well, real big, like, well, it's like, it's, and... it's, pre- it's present day, like, it's oh, modern it is. day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm really but good at I mean, but, you know, but the costumes are like fucking insane. Like, it, they went, they went with it. And, and I was like, hey, tiny thing, like, my parents aren't dead. Um, and also, I don't find, like, if it had been hilariously written, yeah, fair enough. I was Can like, you Google image. Hattie on the Royals. <laughs> oh, I, I'm curious about the costume. I looked Sorry. horrific. I can't wait to see all this. the time. And, but I was like, it's not fun, well written. I don't think that women wanking is just like hilarious instinctively. Um, I don't see any of the boys wanking on stage. And also I'm not making- Is men wanking hysterical? Yeah, always. Yeah, I think it's funnier than women. <laughs> sure. oh, I mean, that is- Women's more attractive. Yeah, it is. But this men wasn't a wank- comedy though. It was a drama. Well, we thought it was and it definitely was not. Uh, <laughs> and and then I was like, and I'm also not making a fat joke about Lydia. Like, yeah, gross. Like, and, and, I got you. And so I bailed. Um, how, how mad were they though? Were not they at all. Really- not at all. Because I, Mark didn't want to- I never even got like an email saying like thanks for your work on episode one and 
I just bailed because they wouldn't they they cut my pay and um and wouldn't tell us how many episodes were in. So you were sitting there being like, I could be tied up this show and I could be in one episode. Do they have like a no compete clause too? Because I know some uh, series no, have where you can't do I other wasn't ones. optioned, so I was okay. fine. I could do what I want. But they recast my role with a with a model, with a, with a girl who's a lovely girl. She's a she's a, mo- a supermodel. One of them, again, an astonishing looking girl. And the way they did, dealt with my character was they wrapped, took off her bandages in episode one and said that Maribel had had plastic surgery over the break. Oh my God. So... <laughs> Twitter, when series two came out, Twitter differentiated between me and and JJ as a old Maribel and hot Maribel. Oh, <laughs> <So>. that's, <laughs> that's so fucking mean. You're already like... Because you're attractive. Well, I'm you're not very being, sweet. You know, I'm, nice. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not being nice, uh, <laughs> but I'm trying to be like... I'm, not, I'm saying I'm not, you know. Myself, but I, like, you're so here it's I so am. so weird like, nowadays. You can't even just say someone's attractive no, without you. Like, I'm like, I'm by the way, tattered. don't don't yeah, call no, human resources. But I like... So that way I am, like, a few months later... Series two came, comes out a year later, or just before Christmas, actually. So I think eight months later it came out. I'm in a restaurant on minimum wage, not making rent, being out of this show, and now being differentiated on Twitter between old Maribel and hot Maribel. And like, were you on active a, on Twitter too? So no, did you see it? No, oh, I mean so I was, I was smart. on it, but I was wasn't. I'm not very good at Twitter. I'm sorry, oh. but but you're like, there's that time where like on a, on my on a good day that stuff would have like off a duck's back, like you never would have, but. When you're already like everything that validates you in the world has been taken away, and then some strangers on Twitter say you're old Maribel, and she's hot. like, there's like a special place your brain goes where you're like, this is, there is no darkness like this one. And also in my head, I think I'm a bit too simple for the acting industry in that I grew up on like sport films and like playing sport, and my dad's thing was always like, the the person who works the hardest wins. It isn't about like you you just put in and you get it. Like his always his thing was always you say on the pitch, not off the pitch. You don't walk around telling people you're great. You just show them and you do it again and you do it again and you do it again. Hell yeah, I like your dad's I, philosophy. I, like, I fucking adore that. And that's very American. It is actually. He he oh, he fucking loves America. But like I'd done everything right. I'd been like I'd worked so hard at drama school. Then I'd worked so hard in the West End. Then I'd worked so hard to get this job. I'd worked so hard on the job. I'd done a good job on the job. And suddenly you're sat there being like but this isn't right and it's not fair and also the baddie the bad man and all this is still winning and and i and and it's just that thing where and i think for the first time ever i really sat right down and was like oh that's what they mean about this industry this is what they mean it isn't fair it is the opposite of fair and it's asking you to love it every single day is asking you to just come back and do it again and come back and do it again. And it is. It's a shit industry. That's why I've been really gravitating. I mean, people who listen to this podcast, James knows me, yeah. and him, me and him have deep conversations about the whole idea of there you go. Thank you. Sorry, handing you the bottle. Especially being alcoholic. Yeah. yeah. Um, the idea of that, like, try to go around the industry as much as you can and create your own shit, yeah. like, whether it's doing podcasts or filming your own stuff and putting it on YouTube. And, you know, it's really cool to see. You know, I've, we, we've got a lot of comedian friends who will yeah. film, like, their own sketches. They, they put yeah. these funny oh, sketches yeah. out there. But look at Meg Stolter. Like, Meg Stolter's, like, yeah. fucking... Yep. And she's unbelievable. You're like, yeah, at last. And she deserves everything because she's ferociously intelligent and so good. Now she's done it herself. Yeah, and she's, mm. and she's consistent with it. And yeah. that's the smart thing, too, to oh, keep so putting much. stuff yeah, yeah. out. Putting stuff out. You know, I, I follow her on Twitter. And yeah. I think she, she must post, like, a few times a day every day. So she yeah. and, and she's keeping people going nuts for it. So. Yeah. That's what you you know control. You focus on what you can control. Yeah. Kind of goes along with what your dad's saying. Yeah. You know, like just fucking be a badass. It's and work, work ethic. Work your work ethic. But That's it is huge. work ethic, and I've always had that. Like I've never rated myself as like one of those like God given natural talents. But I've known that in any situation I've ever been in, whether it is drama school, whether it's on the lacrosse pitch or whatever, like I've always had a work ethic that I've always backed and has never failed me. But then you're sitting in this position and you're like, but I I, I did everything. I played by every yeah. rule and I did everything right, and here I am. 
and it, it's the most awful. What you like, said about and the bad guy still wins. Yeah, God, that really that. But he that was. Hit he was me. sat there on like, like all that. this money and like second series, and none of this had come out yet, and. And you're sat there being like, but you weren't, this is a part of the movie where you you wouldn't win, where I'd win and, and I'd get yeah. you and, and we'd all get you. I mean, that, that moment came about like a year and a half later or whatever, but but it's, it's You've inspired so me. hard. It's so <laughs> I want, bookmark this episode. Uh, <laughs> one day they'll trace it back to when I became Batman. <laughs> it was at this moment, Joe <laughs> decided. Vigilante, no shitty little guy. Yeah. And every day on the news, you're going to hear yeah. another Hollywood executive beheaded. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, why beheaded? Because I'm fucking, but it's I got, funny I'm going to get a Katana, like a badass sword, I think that's going to be my weapon of choice. But it's so funny shit, because my dad was, fu- like my dad, it, it was apoplectic, he was so angry, because he's same as, he was like, but this is, so, he, he grew up doing sport. He Which was like, sports is, is a so meritocracy. Unfair. It's a complete meritocracy. Yes. It is the fastest, the best, the one who scores the most goals, the one who runs the fastest Yeah, you wins. can't deny that. And he sat there being like, how is this little shitty nerd winning? Or and he couldn't bear it. It's it was, a rigged, rigged system, yeah. it's a rigged game, you know? Uh yeah, I couldn't be able to. I, there, were, I did see a lot of that, you know, in my time in Los Angeles, and I, I learned even more so because yeah. I was naive going out there. I didn't know shit about the business. I wasn't a theater kid. Mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, grow up uh, around it. I didn't grow up. In, I grew up in a blue collar neighborhood. Yeah. When I told people I wanted to do stand up, they were like, "What? Fuck off!" Yeah. <laughs> like, no, you're funny, but you know, because that just wasn't yeah. a, considered a thing. Nobody we knew mm. where I grew up went outside of the same four jobs everyone's dad had. Mm-hmm. So. I didn't know anything about that world. And maybe I kind of liked that. I kind of liked my innocence in it. Yeah. But then seeing it made me go back to, I grew up playing sports. Mm. And it was like, no, this is bullshit. The person who scores the most goals, like you said, they get their they name win. mentioned in the paper. Yeah. They win. It's not some asshole behind the scenes mm. who did this so he could play with women's thongs yeah. and do other horrible things. Yeah. And, and to flex their power. And it's so much. We see it in comedy all the time. There'll be like a, an audition showcase for like industry or mm. for like a festival. And after the end of the show, every comic would be like, so-and-so clearly did the best. Mm. Marty DeRose, you mentioned earlier, because yeah, yeah. you mentioned him at yeah, oh, yeah. he is. I've seen him kill so many of those. Oh, yeah. Hasn't gotten it. And it's like, where is the justice? And it gets very – and I'm not saying that – I mean, there's a lot of people who are big, and they yeah. earned it, and they deserved it, sure. and they did great. And there's a lot of people who did not. And you, they got packaged and put in a spot and yeah. protected. They protect them now because they become an asset, mm. meaning they never put them in a situation where they could look bad or fail or, or anything like that. And mm. they're just like these it's, – it's where corporations – it's why like the record industry sucks so much like in music. Yeah. Like in music, listeners, I'm sure you've noticed this. A big band will come out. Mm-hmm. They're original. But then the next 12 bands that get played on the radio are yeah, copies yeah, of them. Yeah. Because that's the record industry being safe. I saw a preview for Top Gun. You saw it too when yeah. you saw the latest Star Wars. Yep. It did look kind of cool, actually. It looked dope. It looked pretty dope. But <laughs> in my head, I'm like, is there no more there new ideas? There was nothing else you could have made. There's yeah. no more new ideas. And, I, and, and, it's, and there are new ideas. Yeah. It's just, it's a risk. Well, I think the problem and they is, don't take risks. Exactly that. I think the problem is the, the quantifiers, the people who are in charge of the quantifiers. Like, like the, when I say that, I mean the awards. So, like, Marty not getting things. You're like, it's it's mental. Anyone who ever watches Marty on stage, you're like you're one of the best, and probably and will be forever. One like, how is I would watch Marty forever. But again, why are our quantifiers awards and getting spots on things and get and because who they're decided by are completely fallible human beings who themselves aren't usually greats of the industry do you know what I mean and it's yes. like Beyonce like there's an amazing interview where she did in her documentary where she she lost a talent show when she's like nine or whatever and they asked her about it and she was like it was such an important thing for me because that day I realised the best don't win 
The best yeah. don't always win. And then you look at someone like Beyonce who keeps losing out on Grammys to everyone. And you're like... Slightly though, that's a little... <clears throat> she's still 120. But well, yeah, she should but have like, won way she, more. Yeah. And, and you're like, this is a woman who, who will forever be like i mean legacy great oh, like yeah she's, she's generations and she's her. just every year just takes hits takes losses like takes like no and someone else gets and it i just she lost just, to adele I mean, from england fucking Gro- adele. No, fucking <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but like, i just find it so it's that's the hard bit is remembering that those things that we try and judge things by and try and judge achievement by are so flawed but it's so hard with what we do because we don't have sport you don't have cups and you don't have goals to judge it by. And you don't have speed and times to judge it by. So you are judging it by these things that are completely fallible. And it, and yeah. I've never done this before. Hit me. One second. James, ask a question. My wife is texting me like crazy. Uh-oh. Um, and I yeah. have to respond because it's, it's everyone listening to this. We're recording yeah. this just before Christmas and it's a Christmas thing. And hold on one second. Do, do you think it could be uh, the industry could change to where it's more of an egalitarian meritocracy than it is now because i believe it can do you oh, but yeah. but then but but well yeah but in terms of i mean this industry like stand up and performance uh either one stand, let's go stand, stand up. up well the thing about the, the difference with stand up and sport for instance is you haven't you're not allowing for taste like the sure. thing about stand up it will only be it can only ever be so much of meritocracy because you're allowing for taste like for, for there's not going to be one stand up who every single person agrees is the winner sure but there is a lowest common denominator for humor. And I think yeah. that, you know, and I'm not saying that that's necessarily a good thing either. Yeah. But like, you know, uh, Chris Rock. Yeah. Everyone thinks Everyone Chris Rock is Everyone agrees he's yeah, hilarious. Yeah. Uh, you know, Eddie, Eddie Murphy coming yeah. back. Everyone's fucking on their heels waiting for this I shit. I know, for just tonight, isn't Bro, it? Bro, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah he's yeah, hosting tonight. SNL yeah, tonight. Yeah, yeah. Kind of dating the episode a little bit, but yeah. Um, you know, so I, I feel like, you know, there is kind of a, there is a baseline. It's definitely not sports like i totally understand that but but there is a way at least in in stand-up proper to i bet there are people who don't like eddie murphy though yeah but fuck them but i mean like (laughs) yeah but i look at it like i I know i know their names well i mean think about think about his biggest special what's his opening joke I know. I agree with you. I like. I've gone on record saying I don't, I don't give a like fuck it. If some white girl doesn't like, well, the first our whole joke. thing is, look, yeah. James and I, are, we believe we're on the right side of history yeah. on a lot of things. We don't like that. So many people will look at old things and look at it with a 2019 Judges filter, yeah, yeah. where it's like, you look, it's it was just different. So yeah. I mean, yeah, no offense yeah, to white girls. play now. I want to play now, yeah. but yeah, no offense to white girls. We love yeah. white, yeah. white, white girls. By the um, way, I fucking don't. So don't my wife is. You hate women. My mom is a white woman. I, yeah. I don't. I have no Big problem fans. with women. Yeah. But it's with. I try to equate it to music where. Mm-hmm. You know, when when Hannah Gatsby had that thing yeah, come out yeah. a couple of years ago and so many people were like, it's the greatest thing ever. And a lot of people yeah, were like, fuck yeah. that. It's the worst. Yeah, yeah, I, it's I the thought worst. that the people who were like, yeah. I never, I've never seen it as a bad. I, I, no, I, by the way, I love, I, I, oh, I'll, I'll do it? my bit in a minute, but I know a lot of people hated it. Yeah. Yeah. So the, a lot of people I knew who were really going out of their way being like, it sucks, it sucks, it sucks. I'm like, why did you even watch it? We have to understand not everything is for everybody. Yeah. I look at it like music when a new country album comes out. The you know some gangster rap group isn't going to be like oh you hear the latest Brooks and Dunn no yeah. they don't they don't give a shit because no. it's not their thing they know it's not their thing but in stand up because I think a lot of what being a comedian is is shitting on whatever's popular yeah. yeah which I'm okay with that but some of it is a waste of time yeah and they would go after that just like when Dave Chappelle's latest thing came out a lot of people hated that mm-hmm. I'm like well and, and what killed me about Chappelle's they were like he just used to be so different no he's the same he's the same you've changed 
and and that's fine. And if he's no longer what your cup of tea is, then don't then, watch then it. Don't watch yeah. it. Plenty of other it used to be a real there. liberal thing to tell people you don't like it, change the channel. Yeah. Because it was old, like was reactionary conservative type people yeah. who were like, "We can't have this on television." We were watching Melrose Jackass Place and Red and Mel- Stimpy yeah. and shit. Yeah, and and South Park and Family Guy. Yeah, bro. Yeah. And that's why I think a lot of when people say like PC comedy and all this kind of stuff, I'm like, yeah, but the most popular comedy is still stuff that pushes shit toward the edge. Yep. But, and also, how dare we make those decisions? Like my thing about Hannah Gatsby, like whatever you thought of it, like, and that's fine. I I was still so new to comedy when I watched that, like like months in, and was 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 deciding what to do and I was in a real like because I started comedy so late and and it was all a bit weird and completely by accident and I remember like deciding whether I was gonna like keep doing and going and I watched the Hannah and I was in a real like having a bit of a week of it anyway and I watched the Hannah Gatsby special and like honestly I will say this because I'm the most unemotional person alive like I burst into tears for like the second half of it and just watched the whole thing like tearing and the next day gave myself till the end of the year the extras because what I got out of Hannah Gatsby was A I thought the first half was funny and that's what people say the first half was good and the second half wasn't stand up no it wasn't stand up at all She, she dissects it and she goes into it but what she did she stood there as a woman and she went I don't know I don't know. That's what I got. She went, I don't know. I've been doing this for years and years and years and I don't know if I'm right and I don't know if what I'm doing is correct and I don't know if this is the right way to go about it. And as a, a girl who at the time was 30, who was also sat there being like, what am I doing? What am I doing? Everyone's married. Everyone's having babies. I don't have a house. I don't even have a fucking bag. Like, it was... You don't the, have a bag? Well, no, I had a... I'll but get not, you a bag. You want a bag? Thank you so much. At the, time, at the time I moved in uh, and Ben Liners. Is that slang? I, was, I don't know. So, no, like, what does bag mean? Like, like a big a, suitcase. Like, oh, I was, I'll get you a I was, Thank you so much. I know. I like, go on, I'm on <laughs> Facebook Marketplace. I was like, I, I've moved in Ben Liners. At least liners. I can do. I can't get you a husband, <laughs> but I'll get you a bag. Thanks. But I, I, and that changed, like, I, I decided to keep going until Christmas and just give myself to that. Be like, say, if you like Christmas, just rejudge it at Christmas. And... I found it was the most one of the most incredible afternoons I've ever had in front of Netflix. <laughs> it's just a weird sentence, um, <laughs> but that was what I got from it. And but why did you give yourself till Christmas? Because you be- are you you like setting deadlines to make yourself uh, work harder. So my problem is when I came to stand up, it was out of probably what I look back now was was a nervous breakdown. And but what had happened was I I'm a plans girl. I'm a I'm a good old privately educated gal. So I have plans and things that you again we don't quantify achievement and you get this by this point and you do this by this point and then you get an A and then you get a gold star and then you're great. And I'd done so the Royals had happened. I was still trying to act. I've been with this fella for four and a half years and I got this job up in the middle of nowhere in England being paid absolutely nothing but back on stage doing Shakespeare for zero money under the stars in the north of England and I got so happy and just it was there was no stakes are we just you're just acting for the love of acting and I I cheated like hard that summer and on with one of my co-stars and um and I remember like seeing my why is that happen for this is I sometimes like to ask questions that I I know the answer to but I want people who are listening who aren't yeah. in this world mm-hmm. to be like, okay. Because I know regular people are always like, man, in Hollywood or, or in acting yeah. and, and entertainment, everyone dates everyone. What's going yeah. on with that? Well, so, yeah, everyone's, you know, so I had this beautiful. Is this because you spend so much time? You have a beautiful six foot two gorgeous boy serenade you with an actual guitar every single night and tell you you're incredible. I mean, obviously, this is not his words. This is the words on the page. And, yeah, I mean, he's and copying Shakespeare. He like, for, you know. Yeah, and like with his top off, having a fight scene. Like, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> And and there's alcohol because actors, you know, like that. Meanwhile, and, you're dating some Chad who so can't exactly, write Shakespeare. Who can't write fucking, and and so and I remember like sat with my ex when he came to visit and we went out for dinner and I was like, come on, Hat, this is not you. You never. This is awful. And I sat there and I, we were about to move in together and I was like, come on, Hattie, like be a big girl. This is you're being an asshole. And I sat opposite him and there was this like, thought like landed. I was like, 
oh my God, you hate the plan. You've been so set on the plan since you've been together. And like, he because he just got a big TV show, so he was earning a lot of money. And I was like... Oh, he was an actor too? Yeah, he was an actor too, yeah. And the fucking... Never do that. Never do that again. And, so um, you're cheating on one actor with another one? Oh, big time. I'm like the dream. Yeah, yeah. Big, big time. <laughs> and um, I'm, I'm like gold standard. Uh, <laughs> and... And I just remember thinking, they'd be like, you've been so focused on the plan and the thing that you've known is the right thing to do that you never actually sat back and went, do you like the plan? Is this the wow, person? What a powerful you... realization. But have. it was mad. And so after that job, I mean, obviously the guy I cheated on was the worst and that wasn't a thing. But like what that did, what that massive hiccup, that massive error in judgment did was be like, you might not know. And that's OK. You might just not know. And 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 I think then stand up came out of all of that, where I'd come out to Chicago to do some classes at Second City, and just writing classes because I'd been working on this script for ages, and I just wanted some sort of like formalized because <laughs> again, yeah, private it's school it's a shame girl you talking. Do stand up here, so you gotta get that visa situation. I know, but I could do the class at Second City, yes, so I could the do classes the classes. Were great. That's yeah. what, so why you come to well, Chicago exactly. for the classes? And um, and that's when I met Marty DeRosen and all that, and. Suddenly, and that's why I met you because you started coming well, to the show exactly, that Marty and I Marty, run together. You guys run together, and uh, and I like. Ever since then, and ever since the stand-up thing started, it's always been a, like, do not make a plan. Do not make a plan. Do not have, a, like, deadlines for things and, and goals by things because that's the thing that, that goes wrong. And that's when I think people's expectation disappoints them so much so that they think they're failing. And I think, do you know yes. what I mean? Yeah, you I just exactly go I mean. with it a bit more. Like, Amy Poehler's book is so brilliant. And at the end of it, she says, if you can surf your life rather than plant your feet, you will be happier. And I think since I like that. that. I, and I just since then I just don't have. And I don't typically read books by women. But yeah. maybe I'll give her <laughs> well, a should you? Well, she's actually <laughs> the only one who knows how to women. spell. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, very good. Um, yeah. So I just yeah, it kind of changed well, everything. She's got an e in her last name that does not need to be. Oh, there. I tell you, what were her parents thinking? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I like that. Yes, the reason I only asked about the deadline thing is because I'm under that same school of thought where mm. it's. If this is something you love doing, why put a timeline yeah. on it? Like, I believe I'll do stand-up as long as I live. Mm -hmm. So, if it, you know, I don't need to be like, I need to get a Netflix special by this day. I don't yeah. even care if I get one as long. I learned to love, fall in love with the process. Yeah. Because you can't control the result. This goes to the, kind mm -hmm. of the, almost one of the central themes of the second half of this podcast where it's, you can do everything right, work yeah. your ass off, be great, mm -hmm. be undeniable, and still get denied somehow yeah. and the bad guy wins and all that horrible stuff. So, I've learned that just, you know, focus on what you can control. Work hard and be in love with the hard work. Yeah. Because I, I love the process. That's why yeah. I want to I'll sneak peek for everyone. Maybe it'll be announced by the time this comes out. I want to record my next special slash album. Maybe it'll just be a special. Just release it straight yeah. to YouTube. Yeah, Fuck yeah. releasing the audio. Maybe later I'll put it on Spotify or something. Yeah. I don't know. I want to release another one. And I, a couple of people I've mentioned it to are like, oh, man, you, you only just had one last year. I go, there's been plenty of people who put out albums back-to-back -back years. Yeah. You know what I mean? So also I feel like I'm in a zone where I'm coming out with new stuff a lot, and yeah, I have I about another yeah. hour. Why not keep putting it out there? I have no qualms about, you know, because I love the process of doing that. Yeah. The idea of like, all right, that's gone. What's next? And, yeah. and then I don't care about the result because mm -hmm. if you enjoy the process, fuck the result. Yeah. The process is where the joy is. I, and I agree with that so much. It, it just is has taken me a long time to get to that. Me too. And I, I, I really just do you know what I mean? Like, and you've been doing comedy for such a long time. Yeah, I've been like 12 and a half, 13 years. Precisely. Almost. And I bet you weren't like that at the beginning. No, I was where a you're fucking like, drunk idiot. Like, I, need to be, like, I need to be fucking on Netflix. Yeah. I need to be fucking HBO. When am I on JFL? Like, I know. I, I took losses <laughs> yeah. to heart. Anything oh, that it, they, and they weren't even losses. I know. They just seem like it because you decided yeah. that they are. And that's the thing. And I, I just now, like, it's a, I mean, yeah, I just sort of no plan because then there's no panic. Yeah.
you know. So what was it like? You so you basically just quit acting. Yeah, I think. And everyone I mean, looking at you would have been like, "This is an up and coming star." Well, I don't know that very much because I was so it was on such a terrible show. I really can't emphasize that enough. Um, but I think what my agent recognized, and she's been amazing, was that I needed a minute. I was just, it was so much a reset. Yeah, and I think she's always, and I don't know why, she's always backed me, and like she she knows that even in little things, like I can hold my own on on a stage, and. I was I was hurting like I, I look what, what I said to Brian yesterday I was like, acting broke my heart like acting broke my heart it was my first love it was my biggest love and it it broke me like in a way that you're like when you've put so much into it and I, I genuinely still it makes me so happy being on stage and doing that and for something that makes you that happy and that you love so much time to be like we don't really need you we don't we have better we can we can pick different people yeah, that'll, we don't that'll want crush you. you it breaks you but and what I, I love is it it broke your heart, but it didn't stop you. You were just no. like, all right, I'll find a new thing to be in love but with. But also, I was like, I just want to, but also, that's that moment, and I don't want to sound like an arsehole when I, you, I hate girls who do this, but like, I work well, it's like, you've got to work out a way of being happy without it because because that's a very, very shaky thing to pin all your happiness yeah. on. Like, And Chicago was me coming at me like, just have a minute, just have a minute. Like, silly things like my phone didn't work over here, so no one could get to me unless I was at home with Wi Fi, you know? Like, just have a fucking minute, walk around a city that isn't yours, find, you know, f- new buildings new food new whatever and just have a second to yourself and this is like your your quest here in Chicago is like the start of romantic fucking, comedy fucking we pray love yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. so why'd you choose Chicago though and uh, I'm a lifelong Chicagoan so well except for the three years in LA but I was sure, born and raised here so about. I'm always curious why people choose this city second city was the first thing because I knew it was a good comedy school and they had good classes and that's yes. what I wanted to do with, with, the, with the writing classes and so you're that, being an Amy Poehler fan that makes sense huge, yeah exactly she was uh, from second city precisely and I'd spent a lot of time out in America so I'd, I'd gone to college my junior year in Virginia um, I don't. Oh, what school in Virginia? William and Mary. Ooh, oh, very nice. Uh, and and I I just I'd never done Chicago, and it was just one of those where I was like I'd I'd always wanted to, and it was it was a real I can't express that when I look back on that Christmas before I moved here I was in a hole I was in a fucking hole and I think at that point I was just like just pick a fucking place on the map <laughs> but Chicago for whatever reason was was what I landed on and very quickly I got out here and was like oh this was. This was a this was a good call. It just felt really right. And it's good a cool and city. I'm you know I'm biased. Although there's sometimes where I'm like it's getting. No, it's the best. <sighs> there's some some things about it. Here's the thing that kills me about Chicago. It, the city government and the city itself will make it difficult oh, yeah. on its like yeah. inhabitants. Sure. It's like I, I have like a friend of mine who was recently like saying Chicago is one of the greatest cities in the world to visit. Living there could be hard, but I think living here is great too. Oh, so do I. But I think it's a great city in spite of itself because there are little things where I'm like, you know, it doesn't have to be this way. Yeah. I travel around the rest of the country to other big cities, and they do things a little bit easier. Yeah. Even the, the we have recreational marijuana got passed by the whole state. Yeah. yeah and baby. January first is supposed to be the start of it. You know, they're going to push it back to July first. Have you heard this? No, they're not. In she's Chicago, gonna, she's going to veto it. She better. It's going to be. She doesn't <laughs> want it to happen. Yeah, but it, like over the one little committee passed overwhelmingly because. There's no minorities owning the businesses, which, yes, you want representation. I'm all for that. Yeah. But from what I've read, zero minorities applied for the business license. So in some regard, it also hurts (laughs) minorities more because, oh, look, who's going to get arrested more? Like for another six months, probably. Yeah. So let let it pass. And then, uh, you know, and then after a while, more licenses will open. And then there 
Uh, you know, I mean, I don't know. It's it, regressive and stupid, and I, it won't happen. And I'm still gonna smoke weed every day. I also so love you that you're talking it. about like irritating bureaucracy to a Londoner. Like, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. You <laughs> like, are you kidding? Like, do you know what oh, we're yeah, doing <laughs> over there? <laughs> I think I've heard about it. You know yeah. the thing? Sounds yeah. like breakfast. Oh but It's Brexit, God. right? It's a, a big deal over there. Pedophile in the palace, and it's a fucking nightmare. Both of our countries right now are making some really awkward choices with our leadership. What we're really both like bragging on about is like pedos do well. Like, yeah. we're really good to pedos in both countries. Yeah. Was he on Epstein's boat too, that guy? Wait, are you kidding? Have you heard? I, I, you know what the thing? I've actively been ignoring a lot of this stuff. Oh, well, yeah. You're no, I have. No, no, no. Yeah, I, think, I don't I like hearing about pedo- pedophilia yeah, yeah. shit. I don't want to hear about at all. And then so much of what I see is this, 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 this. Yeah. So it becomes unhealthy because I'll obsess over stuff yeah. or get way too deep into things. I also think if yeah. you're so a parent, like, it's a really different yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. I don't, it's, it's, I don't like... I, yeah, I can never share that that emotion yes. when you're listening to it. Since so. becoming a parent, bad yeah. shit happened in your kids fucking it's, drives it's me nuts. My, my yeah. dad says, I just, but, but it is, I mean, it's remarkable. It is absolutely remarkable. Yeah, I don't want to hear about a kid fucking <laughs> yeah. islands across no. the country no. where it's like powerful it. leaders want to go fuck kids. Yeah. There's a weird thing going on with that, you know? I... And, and we got to wrap up the podcast on this. And it was so fuck. God damn it. it was re- Brian wasn't kidding. You were, got a really fascinating story. And I hope a lot of listeners took the value from this where, you know, don't fall. In lo- do you, you have a plan, but do you really love the yeah, plan? I love the way you said that. That really, I hope, can make people think about their lives in a certain way. Mm. Um, not to you know, get off the Brexit thing yeah. that I was going to mention because I'm ignorant about so much oh, of it. So much but I remember having a friend who was like. I thought I'd be married by 25. I thought yeah. I'd have kids by this age, this age, this age. I'm like, why did you plan your life? You know, you die yeah. at the end, right? Why are you planning everything? Are you in a rush to get to the end of the book? Yeah. Let it let it happen. And and not to quote, you know, I was talking yeah. about Oasis with you. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah, before yeah, yeah. the podcast, maybe, because we're talking about British humor yeah. during it. I remember this great quote from uh, Noel Gallagher. My other favorite band is Nirvana. So it's a polar opposite oh, thing. Yeah. And Noel Gallagher liked Nirvana's music, but he didn't like Kurt Cobain's message, essentially. Because Kurt Cobain like, had a song called I Hate Myself and I Want to Die. It was like a B-side on something. And he was like, I hated that shit because everyone knew at the time he was on heroin. It's like toward the end of Nirvana's run before he killed himself. And he's coming over here and talking about like, you know, life's miserable and all that stuff. And he goes, to us, the greatest thing in the world is waking up in the morning because you don't know where we're going to be at the end of the night. Yeah. And I, I love that. And yeah. hearing that kind of changed me in a lot of ways because I liked Oasis when they were big in the 90s mm. I wasn't obsessed with them sure. because in America their one album was super huge the rest of them were, did okay oh yeah and also that like yeah. definitely maybe with, which was Live Forever and those songs mm-hmm. was really big in the UK and America did fine but Wonderwall is what took off here anyhow I'm boring listeners right now with this yeah. Oasis history and uh, but hearing their message because some of the songs are positive like they have a lyric in the one song um Get up, get up off the floor and believe in life. No one's ever going to ever ask you twice. Mm. Get on the bus and bring it on home to me. Mm. I always love that lyric because, yeah, you have to make a choice yeah. in life. Because, you know, I'll get depressed. I'll get down like a lot of other people do. And sometimes I think to myself, like, well, fuck it. What if I just stop doing comedy or just stop, yeah. you know. You know what happened? happen? A few people will be like, oh, that sucks. He was funny. And then they move on with their fucking lives. Yeah. You know, it's not going to be some big, horrible thing. So you have to make the choice. Do you want to be in this or do you not? And you had a a life where a lot of, uh, you know, you're talking about the struggle that you, like the actresses have or Mm -hmm. actors in general. How many people were jealous of you though? Oh, for sure. To to the people in my graduate year, I was the one who was doing really, really well. And I was in a fucking hole. Yeah. In a hole. It's amazing. Because you're like, and I said to Brian yesterday, I was like, you gave a girl everything she wanted. I got the West End debut ASAP, which broke, which was hard because we got panned and no one liked the show, and that's heartbreaking. And then you gave me an American TV show, which was mortifying and lessened us and lessened who we were as actors and lessened who we were as people. Took me out to LA and gave all this. I'm like, it's fucking. It was nothing. 
it was nothing. And then I remember one, I said this is what I said to Brian, I was like, I was at Annoyance um, seeing an improv show. I remember sat with a bunch of boys in the like scabby little bar that they have at the front, and yeah. like, and I just remember turning around and like the boys, sorry, but it is scabby and gross. And, no, um, it is. It but, is. <laughs> so I'm not gonna judge you. And um, and the boys were talking, whinging about something, and I just turned around. and I was like, I am so happy. And like one of them was like, What? I was like, No, I know this sounds mental. I was like, I'm I'm so utterly content. Like I just had this really weird moment. I was like, I'm completely content. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing like deliriously amazing happening that I could write home to mom and be like, I made it. But like. I'm completely content. And it was the weirdest moment. I'm like, always like bookmark those moments, being like, just remember that. You were cold and in the annoyance bar and just had this moment about being like, gosh, everything is right. That's awesome. And fine. And it is so much better than the, you're on a red carpet in LA. Here's a free dress. You're going to the OK pre Oscars party because they're empty and nothing. But they look better. For yeah. sure they look better. There's a, a couple quotes popping out to me during yeah. this last few th- thing you said here. We'll end at this. I can't remember what I was going to go back to. It doesn't even matter. Mm. Uh, Caddyshack. <laughs> it's a funny movie. It's silly. <laughs> but there was a, there's a line in it where he says, don't be obsessed with your desires. Yeah. And um, part of me thinks like, yeah, you build up something like this is the life I need to have. Mm-hmm. And if I don't have it, I'm a failure. And then you get it and you realize, oh, this isn't this all it's cracked nothing, up to be. Yeah. And that's okay, too. Mm. And, and that's why I really have a lot of respect for you because you're like, you know, again, some people roll over and you never hear from them again. And they just go, well, I guess I'm just going to go work in some shitty office job and be miserable and, and blah, blah, blah. And where I feel like you're like, no, what's the next thing? I know I love comedy. I know I love this. I'm going to go. I'm going to pursue it. I'm going to go. I'm going to get out of my comfort zone, go across the freaking country or country, the, the world. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and find myself and do other stuff. Yeah. Which is really awesome. I really respect that. And another thing about being in the annoyance theater and just being like, yeah, yeah this is nothing to be grateful yeah. for, but I'm super grateful. This is a moment I'm going to remember and, and I'm happy right now. Mm-hmm. Bill Burr was on my buddy. My buddy Steve Byrne did a, a documentary that I think is on YouTube. You can find it somewhere. It's called 13 or Bust, in which he was trying to set the record for most sets in one night. And this is in New York City. Yeah. And he did 13 booked Jesus. sets in one night, which is incredible. I think since it's gotten broken, but he had the record for a long time. And the record was 11, so he's like, got to go for 13. Yeah. And in between, you know, they had, like, interviews with comedians, and Bill Burr uh, is in it because that was, like, the crew he rolled with. And Bill Burr says, like, yeah, I remember I did this new joke, and it killed, and I was just so pumped up. And I went home, and my girlfriend at the time was like, man, you were, like, super happy. He's like, oh, yeah, the joke, I, you know, I, I was working on a little bit, and I figured out this thing on the spot, and it just killed, and it's amazing. And she's like, God, I wish I could have a job where I only got paid eight bucks and be as happy as you. Because that's essentially like people don't realize that a lot of like like little sets you're doing as a stand up around town. Like you know, you and I did House of Blues together. Yeah. Or uh, you were at the House yeah, well, of I was the there Blues. You, yeah. You were, you were there. <laughs> yeah. and we talked comedy afterwards. Yeah. You know all this like cryptic yeah. talk I've been doing. People are gonna be like, we're gonna walk out. They're, they're having an affair. <laughs> these two. I think. Uh, you, you saw me at the House yeah, of Blues. Yeah. Is what I meant to say. Week, I, yeah. You know why I keep thinking we've done stamp together, which we have we not. Because we look the same. Because we look the same. <laughs> You're the there was that uh, that app where it's like here's the female version yeah, of you or here's the male version and, and it was just us. People were like, why are Joe and Hattie just simply sharing pictures of each That's other? Right. It's like no, it's the app that makes us come out that, that way. The same. And no, but you go to a lot of shows yeah, yeah. being a student of comedy in Chicago, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I think and I've seen uh, I've, we like I've seen clips of your comedy from back from in home. And from home in London. So. That's why my brain is crazy. And, um, but I remember that night that, you know, we get, we get 25 bucks and a couple yeah, free drinks, but it's still amazing. It's amazing. Right. It's amazing. Yeah. So yeah, people, that's the, that's the point of this podcast. If yeah. anything, have some beers with your friends and, and talk about the positive shit yeah. and appreciate life a little bit more. And it is what you make of it. Be yeah. like, uh, you know, uh, your dad, what's your dad's name? Nick. 
Be like Nick, Nick Preston. Be like yeah. Nick Preston. Man, that sounds like a fucking rugby yeah. player. He doesn't. You don't dude, fuck around got, with yeah, Nick Preston. Huge yeah, thighs, yeah. right? Huge rugby guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they do. Rugby dudes yeah, are like big, fucking yeah, huge yeah, big thighs, yeah, yeah. big arms, but they have skinny waists. Yeah. I remember well, when he doesn't I, now. He's knees. I mean, not well, now. He's older now. He's older now. <laughs> but I remember landing yeah. in Dublin, um, it's like twelve years ago or something, and the Scott Scotland's. National rugby team was coming in for yeah. a friendly. I think they're so doing. So not real rugby. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they might be their own country <laughs> no. one day with this stuff's going on in the UK. And uh, the dudes were huge. Yeah, it was massive. And I'm not like you know they weren't like too much taller than me. I think the average height was probably about. My, there was a couple guys a little bit short. Mm. I'm six one. So, but you know, how tall is your dad? Six two. Yes, yeah, so he's a little yeah. taller than me. But what do you guys buy? Stone or something like that? Yeah, we're stone. I don't know pounds. That's stupid! And don't yeah. do that. <laughs> you guys got to change that. The metric system is stupid dumb. No, I'm kidding. English I just, you know, just, I can't figure it out. So I want you to change to yeah. me. That's how we do things in America. We're like, yeah, yeah. The fuck you, rest of the world. Come to our side, so we don't <laughs> feel dumb. Idiots. All right. Well, thank you so much for doing oh the gosh, podcast. This was such a lot of fun. A pleasure. And um, I hope to keep in touch with you. Dezo. Yeah, this was really great. I, I learned a lot. And where could people find? I'm your on Instagram. Instagram. Heston, because I'm so Pretty Heston. You see that? You see what you see what she did there, everybody? What a clever little bitch. (laughs) (laughs) See, use bitch and use cunt. Be the comic that makes those. You own those words. I love it. Um, I love it. All right. Thank you so much, everybody. Killgowns Pub. Check out the Patreon. Uploaded some stuff to that. So uh, be you know support the podcast wherever you can. You guys are great. Um, And um, all the best to you and yours. Cheers. So much fun. I love that.